Hello and welcome to the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. My name is Joss Golden and I'm so happy that you're here. In this podcast series, I interview people who are passionate about parenting. We talk about many things to do with parenting and motherhood and explore the joys and challenges that we all face in our families. The aim of the podcast is to share more about aware parenting, to inspire us all on our parenting adventures, and to support us all to raise our children with more awareness, connection, and love. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Aware Parenting Stories podcast. Today, I'm really excited because this is the first of a whole new series of conversations that I'm going to be having with the wonderful Danny Willow. Hello, Danny. Hi, Jess. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, me too. So Danny has very kindly agreed to come and have a series of conversations on the podcast about all kinds of different things in relation to aware parenting. And Danny and I run the Exploring Aware Parenting community together, and we have lots of time where we meet on Zoom, where we chat. We even met in real life last year. That was so lovely. And we support each other on Voxer and we have lots of contact and we have all these beautiful, yummy, deep and nourishing conversations about aware parenting. So we thought we might share them Mm. and share some of the things that we love most about this approach. So if there is something that you would love Danny and I to talk about, please let us know. And we will be recording new episodes regularly in this series and looking forward to having lots of yummy conversations about all the things in aware parenting that we really love and that we are understanding deeper and deeper all the time. Anything you wanted to add to that, Danny? Well, just that I'm so excited that I get to spend this time with you. It's the best. I love our conversations and yeah, and just how both, we're both so passionate about aware parenting and we've really seen, you know, how transformative it is in our children's lives. And so that's, you know, where, where our drive comes from just to share share it and spread it and have beautiful conversations about it. Yeah, that's so lovely. That's how I feel too. And I think it's really nice as well because I think we both share really authentically and honestly as well about aware parenting, not just all the things we love about it and all the wonderful theory um, and the practice, but also the challenges of aware parenting and the times when things don't work out how we want them to be in our family. And so I think we bring that really lovely kind of compassionate realness to our conversations too, which is so important for people to hear because so often people read books or listen to podcasts and think I'm not doing it right or Mm. everybody else is aware parenting but I'm not or beat themselves up because they're not doing it perfectly. So I, I really love that aspect of our conversations too. Yeah, me too. I think that's one of our fa- my favourite parts is that we just, yeah, we are just real. We come in with all the real parts that make it challenging and hard and, you know, why we both find ourselves in moments where we're like, ah, and so I think that is important because there is no perfect and I think you and I talk to that so much just by sharing our own experiences and I think the inner compassion and empathy that we have for ourselves and for each other is beautiful to hear and to witness because that is something that we all need to start learning and embodying because often we didn't have that growing up. So these are all the things that I just love about our conversations and I'm so excited to be able to share them with here. Yum. Yes, me too. Me too. You can't see us because I only record the audio, but we've both okay. got huge smiles <laughs> on our faces at the moment. So, love so- Just briefly, Danny is an amazing aware parenting instructor. She has two beautiful girls who are how old now? They are four and a half and six and a half because we have to be specific about the halves at this age. Oh, yes. (laughs) Very important. All the months. And Danny's been on the podcast before, so I'm sure everybody's familiar with her. But if you haven't listened to her, she is in episode five, episode 14 and episode 31. So yes, please go back and listen to those. So today we thought we would talk a little bit about our backgrounds and our childhoods and our younger adult years and our careers and a little bit more about us, just so that, you know, first of all, understanding how what we bring all of our experiences in our life, how that impacts our understanding and our practice of aware parenting, but also just to share some of of our stories in case that's helpful for people to hear. Mm. 
I love that. I actually really want to start with your story because I am in awe of Joss. Like I learn something new about her every single time I speak to her and it's like, oh, yeah, just I just did this or I just did that. And so I would really love to hear a little bit about your background and all the different pieces you have done because it's pretty amazing. And, yeah, I even have goosebumps just thinking about what you're going to share because there is so much beauty and wisdom in where you have gone and the roads you've taken. Um, so did you, I've just thrown that out there. It's like, yeah, you're just going to start, but do you actually feel called to share? Because I feel like I'm, I want to hear more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you, Danny. That's such a beautiful thing to say. Yes, I'm very happy to share about my story. And I just recorded, as you know, a podcast for um, somebody who does a podcast about boarding schools because my experience was um, I spent 10 years at boarding school and as part of that process I really went back and reflected so much about my early childhood and those 10 years of school years that I went through and the impact on me then and the impact that continues to be part of my life now so it's been a interesting thing that I've been reflecting on a lot recently and I think I grew up in the 70s And at that stage in our culture, really, unless you were a psychologist, you probably didn't really know anything about attachment or about the emotional needs of children. Certainly nothing was really known about trauma about and about how to support children to thrive. So my beautiful parents did a beautiful job, the best job that they could do. And of course, they came from a family where none of this was understood either. And they also had the added trauma of being raised in the post-war years. My parents were both born before the end of the Second World War. So they grew up in this culture that was really traumatized and, and full of hurt and pain. So my parents did a beautiful job of raising me the best they could. And I also experienced lots of of suffering and and difficulty as a result of the way that I was raised. So, you know, it's often in aware parenting, we're so, when we start to unpack some of the layers in our childhood, one of the hard steps is, is to go into sufficient healing of our own stuff so that we're able to really hold compassion and awareness and understanding of our parents at the same time. And holding both of those at once can be quite hard. And that's something mm. that I'm still practicing doing but I just wanted to start off by saying that but the biggest thing in my childhood was going away to boarding school at the age of eight and when we see our children at the age of eight when we're aware parenting them see how much they still need us and I still see that in my children now who are 17 and 19 but at that age certainly there was a huge impact on me of being separated from my family being sent away to boarding school being in an environment that was quite harsh in this very traditional sort of British culture around boarding school and experiencing lots of stress and trauma. And again, with everything that I've learned from um, Elisa Salter and lots of other researchers that I've read around trauma, I really see how big that impact was on me and how traumatic that experience was without any space to be receiving support to heal to release any of that trauma. And so as a result, like my at the end of my childhood, I had this kind of constant state of either being in hyperarousal or being in dissociation, but I never really felt safe or connected or attached in, in the way that we know our children need and that we provide for our children in aware parenting. And so I guess as a result of that, I had lots of real challenges when I left school. I felt a lot of shame. I felt lots of you know, unworthiness. I felt lots of powerlessness. I felt lots of unlovableness. I felt very disconnected from my needs. I thought that there was you know, something wrong with me. I had to compromise. You know, all my life, I'd been kind of compromising my authenticity in order to feel safe and to fit in. And so I felt very disconnected from my authentic self. I felt that my value was kind of dependent on achieving. I had just lots of self-doubt, lots of lots of struggle and lots of difficulties. And so lots of control patterns, no real sense of emotional safety and lots of um, very harsh, critical inner dialogue. So I then went on this kind of mission to which I wasn't aware of at the time, but I went on this kind of mission to understand more about 
people and how people work and what the impacts are of trauma, what attachment is, what we need, how we can then heal, how we can start to take steps. And then there were all these amazing experiences in my life where I had these synchronicities that really supported me in that process where I randomly met people in the street who were then like the next stage in that healing process. I studied psychology and then I went on to study human communication science and at postgraduate level and counseling and therapy and attachment and experiential psychotherapy and trauma-informed practice and all that kind of thing. And all of that really was mostly about me rather than Mm -hmm. about working with anybody else. And then I became a parent and I discovered aware parenting. And I've shared in lots of other places about coming to it from an attachment parenting base. But then when I discovered aware parenting, it really gave me this amazing pathway to support my children to thrive and, and to make beautiful relationships in the family, but also to really clearly start to unpack my own childhood experiences. And I'd had lots and lots of therapy and counseling as part of my training and as part of my life, but it wasn't really till I discovered aware parenting that I really got all the pieces of the picture from my own childhood and the impacts on me and started to understand much more clearly how to heal all that stuff. So that's a sort of brief story up to like early adult years. <laughs> oh, just I just want to take that eight-year-old you and just cuddle her, like just tell her that she's so worthy of staying close to the people that she needed. And, yeah, I think when I, I listen to you on that podcast and it's just like I think listening to you again, like just at eight, like Marley's six, that's two years away, like to to send a child away that young is, I can't even imagine and would have been so painful for you and and maybe even for your parents on some sort of unconscious level that just that that's what's done at that age, right, in the UK. You know, they go, the boarding school is still such a big part of the culture there. And then to come out the other side, like 10 years there and to come out the other side and then all those other parts the the painful parts of us that you were able to then embrace and hold and love over time and and that I hear that it's yeah that it's not necessarily something that you can just get over and you're still working with it and it's so big because it was such a big portion of your life as a young person I'm just sending you so much love and I'm so grateful to be able to sit here and hear it because it really reminds me about the innocence of childhood and how we need to protect it from all things. And it makes me have a greater understanding of why you are so passionate about natural learning and keeping children with you and safe and keeping them out of certain environments. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for reflecting that. Yeah. I think it's so clear, isn't it? When we, Mm. when we really learn and embrace the word parenting, it's so clear how to support children to thrive and how, when children aren't supported in these ways, the impacts are long, long lasting. And like you say, this the process of undoing it all, not even undoing, that's not the right word, but the process of of holding it all with tenderness mm. so that it's not so disruptive for our lives anymore is yeah. long. It's a long one. And those impacts, I mean, I left school 35 years ago. Mm. And and yet this is still something that I really notice coming up and, and I still have lots of painful experiences and how you know, with the beautiful thing with aware parenting is when we listen to our children and we connect with them through play and we support them to use these powerful innate healing mechanisms that they have to release stress and trauma, we can see that we're going to do an imperfect job and they are mm. going to have some difficult, challenging experiences in their childhood that we won't be able to heal. But these processes are incredibly powerful and support our children to be so much more free of that so that as adults, they're not going to be easily re-triggered all the time back into these younger parts that are just so raw and vulnerable even 30 odd years later so I just yeah it's such a clear contrast my childhood Mm. children's childhood and and that's yeah that's why I'm so passionate about this way Mm. I really yeah I resonate with so much of that and I think it's always about 
lessening the backpack. Like I think when they finally go out into the world, which, you know, I'm not quite ready for, but like, you know, and I know you're not and they are. So it's like, are we ever ready? But like lessening that so that there's less that I guess there's that perfectionist idea that we spoke about in a way of parenting at the start of this. Like we can never do it perfectly, but the idea is that we lessen what's in their backpack so that when they go out into the world, they're carrying less and they also have tools to support themselves or come back to us and we support them with that inner knowing. You know, I love like what you shared there about when you did finish school and like not having that authenticity and that inner knowing and that inner compass to kind of go, this is my yes, this is my no, this is what feels good, this is what doesn't because they've always had that to some extent versus I, very similar for me, but coming out of those years and then going, I don't know who I am and what I want to do and everything's a bit of a blah, and then spending all of our adult life trying to unpack that and understand why it is the way it is. So I think it might not be perfect, but it's a profound shift that we're offering our children by choosing to aware parent and reparent ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I really love that, Donna. Yeah. And I think that the really crucial factor in it all is that safety in relationship. If we have that sense of safety and connection in relationship, then anything is possible. Yeah. And any struggle that we face in our life, any challenge. And of course, our children as children and as adults are going to have challenges in their life. That's part of being alive. But when we experience this deep feeling of safety and connection and love and unconditional love, that, that aware parenting allows us and encourages us mm. to offer our children anything's possible yeah yeah I love that yeah I so resonate with that so I'd love to ask you a little bit about what you're willing to share about your childhood and, and mm-hmm. that, that early stage for you and what you see now in how it comes up in your life and and in your parenting yeah I mean mine's similar and dissimilar to some of your story but I think Likewise, my parents did the best job that they could. And in relation to, particularly on my dad's side, like some of the things that he experienced, I think he did an amazing job showing up the way that he did. But there is definitely still painful parts. And I, you know, I love them both. My mum passed away 15 months ago. So we're going to talk about that in another episode. But yeah, I think they did the best that they could. And there's still definitely parts of me that experience really, really painful, painful periods with them. There was lots of punishment and lots of smacking and sending to my room, which really just taught me that I wasn't worthy of love in those moments. And I guess when I reflect back on my childhood, like what I notice about myself is I became a bit of a damsel in distress. You know, I was looking not so much into academia, but just to boys, to just find that love that I wasn't able to receive anywhere else. And I used to say to friends, like, I just hate my parents so much. And they were like, why? They're the most lovely people and they care about you. And and they did in their own way, right? Like in the way that they knew how. But I think there was this really, really, yeah, there was this part of me that was just lacking that real unconditional love. And I went looking for it in some really bad places like it'd be you know it would be drinking smoking marijuana and this is what I'm really young you know I would have been maybe 13 or 14 when I'm starting to drink I'm starting to you know smoke marijuana I'm you know moving on to drugs I'm just looking for boys to love me and tell me that I'm worthy of receiving love and that kind of played out and luckily there were there were some experiences that were very unsafe that i experienced and i had to sit with that and and there are painful parts of that as well but luckily there was nothing too serious which led me into my early 20s and finishing school and kind of just being like who am i like i actually have no idea who i am i'm so lost and so confused and i went overseas for 6 months the boyfriend at the time and we had a really volatile relationship it was very very unhealthy and I came back from that trip depleted and just it was beautiful I traveled with my best friend and my boyfriend at the time and his best friend but it really really made me realize like I had to separate from him and I had to work out who I was and start to just who am I not not next to a boy basically 
And so I enrolled in primary school teaching. I'd worked with kids from when I was really young and babysat and I loved kids. I always loved kids. I particularly loved working in like the baby's room in childcare centre. A close friend of my mum's owned a childcare centre, so I used to work there every school holidays. You know, even it was just washing dishes in the kitchen, but then being just being around kids, there was a certain joy that I received. And I noticed that kids were really drawn to me. Like like I just had a particular energy. I always get down low and have conversations with them like they were real people rather than what I saw a lot of the time, which was a lot of punishments and rewards and that sort of thing. Maybe just intuitively something was there for me. I don't know. And then graduating, I, I started teaching. And in my first year, I cried for the first six months of teaching. And I was like, what have I done? I don't know why I'm doing this. It's so hard. I was teaching the first year of school. So they had no idea what school was about. And I had no idea what school was about. And I guess what happened was I taught prep for four years and then they moved me to grade five, six. And I saw these beautiful five and six year old kids come in and just adore school and adore you. They were like, you're the best teacher I've ever had. And I'm kind of like, well, I'm the only teacher I've ever had. So of course you're going to say that. But just adore it and love it and want to be there. And then I moved into grade five, six. So we're talking about 10, 11, 12-ish. And I saw this drastic change, like really, really drastic. It went from this enthusiasm to being totally not wanting to be there, already put into their little boxes of I'm an A, I'm good at maths, or I'm an F, I'm not good at that. These were the popular kids. These were the unpopular kids. And I started to really see a lot of myself reflected in them. And I was doing a master's of student well-being at the time. And and I just remember like that whole first six months, I had to really work for them to trust me and really work for them to just want to be in the classroom and even want to learn. And I spent every like before school, recess, lunchtime, after school, calling parents, holding meetings, being with the kids, listening to their feelings. I had 28 kids. A a couple of them all had diagnoses, which a lot of them I wasn't even really allowed to know about. So I was just doing this like thrown into this space that I just, I was like, okay, I'm either going to like sink or sort of survive this. And I fell pregnant with Marley at the end of that year. But when I, I left at the end, beginning of term four, and when I left, I had boys come up to me, you know, like 11-year-old boys crying and saying they had never, ever experienced a teacher show up for them in this way. And it really started to show me that the system is failing kids because really they have so much going on emotionally that it was so hard for them to be in the classroom. And equally, the teacher's don't have the time because they're like assessment this that it's just so backward and that's when I kind of sat there and went actually I'm not sure that teaching's for me anymore and I kind of thought oh I'll come back to it you know maybe when the girls uh, well I didn't know Kiki was around at that point but you know maybe when Marley all that sort of stuff when she was born and um, anyway and then it's very similar because it wasn't really until the birth of them that I really started to understand exactly what was happening for me and really getting a grasp on a lot of the trauma in my high school years that I experienced, all the things that I've shared around boys and authenticity and needing to be loved by someone and realising that I never really loved myself ever, that I was horrible. I, I think I was quite a horrible, bitchy teenager and I was so desperate for someone to just go, you're okay, you're worthy, you're loved. And I've spoke about this in previous episodes, so I'm not going to go into it so much here. But when I birthed Marley, I gave her everything that I didn't receive as a baby. I co-slept, I breastfed her all night, I rocked, I patted, I didn't listen to any feelings. And she was like the happiest, happiest suppressed baby. So she probably wasn't very happy, but super suppressed and just like went through and walked early and just everything was easy. And then Kiki came along and she cried nonstop. And Marley had a dummy, which I've spoken about in one of the episodes as well. And like that whole process of realizing that they were never, that Marley was never really listened to really helped me to identify I'd actually never really been listened to. And equally, I wasn't really listening to myself. And so I think it was at that moment when I realized and I found aware parenting that 
oh, I need someone to listen to me. I need someone to hold me and start to give me an internal dialogue of what it sounds like to even be loved because I had never received that in this particular way that was really was really needed. I think that's where it went. And then that really pulled me away from wanting to teach and sort of going that that system doesn't work for me anymore. I can't put my girls into that necessarily. And looking at other alternatives and and I don't know what the future holds either. There's like so many different ways that this could go. But I think really aware parenting gifted me an opportunity to reconnect with myself and who I am. And that's why I'm so passionate about sharing it. So yeah, that's kind of it in a little bit of a nutshell. Wow, Danny, I love that story. I really loved listening to that. And some of it I knew and some of it was new to me. And I just I loved knowing that about you. And I really love how you bring so much compassion always to to everybody in the picture and to your parents and to you know, their trauma, their difficulties. And at the same time, again, the the impact that that had on you of, of their painful experiences and that shame. And I really resonated with your words when you were talking about that yearning that you experienced as a child for love and for unconditional love. And that when we are raised with, with punishments and with shame and, and those sorts of things, we don't feel that unconditional love and that connection to our parents. We don't feel that safety. And so we go looking elsewhere for it. And this that process that you described of you looking elsewhere, trying to find ways to, to suppress your feelings and to get your needs met at the same time. And at the end of that process, ending up just feeling I'm so lost. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I am. And and experiencing lots of really unenjoyable experiences along those along the way. And I, I really resonated with all of that too. That was very similar to my experience. And I loved how you were describing that it says speaks volumes about you, Danny, that when you went in and started teaching, you had this beautiful, powerful connection with the children. This is even before you knew anything about aware parenting, of course. And yet, in spite of that, and in spite of what you had received, you were able to develop this amazing, dedicated, powerfully transforming relationships with the children, which which is really an incredible thing. And I really, I was really touched when you described that difference between the children coming in at the age of five, Mm -hmm. and then what you saw in them by the age of 10, and that sort of drastic change that you described in them as a result of being in these institutions and being treated in ways that are often really not conducive for children to be thriving either. Mm -hmm. And I really loved what you're saying too about that parallel of of when we discover aware parenting and we start listening to our children, it really makes us realise how much listening we haven't received ourselves and how much listening we need and receiving that kind of compassionate understanding externally so that we can finally start to realise what this sounds like so we can offer it to ourselves And I I was so struck as well by what you were saying about the teenage years, because I'm really passionate about supporting parents with and something that I've loved with my own teenagers, because it is seen as this nightmare period and that teenagers are all awful, but it really doesn't have to be that way at all. And Mm. aware parenting really transforms that whole process. But when you think back to our life, and this is what you described so beautifully, we didn't have spaces where we could share how we felt. We didn't have anybody to connect and play with us. We didn't have safe spaces to share how we were feeling. We didn't have play. We didn't have respectful conversations and peaceful conflict resolution. We, we just didn't have any of that. And because, like you said so beautifully, we yearned for this connection. This is what we as humans desire deeply when we don't get it in our families, we go looking elsewhere. And I presume you've read the Gabor Mate Gordon Newfelt book, Hold On To Your Kids. They describe that so beautifully in that book. And yes. what happens then, what the impact is on us when we become overattached to our peers. And yes. so I love how you describe that because that's mm-hmm. just such a powerful depiction of how it can be and how unhelpful and unsafe and unpleasant it is when that's how our teenage years feel. And how powerfully that contrasts when we are raising our children with aware parenting and tending to those younger parts of ourselves, those teenage parts of ourselves, finally, that yearned for all that and, and didn't get any of it. Yeah, I. it's so big. Like I think the teenagers in particular, and there is really this whole thing around like it's going to be terrible and they're awful and, you know, people say things like, oh, you've got two girls, that's going to be a nightmare when they grow up and, you know, things like that. And 
Yeah, I sort of sit back and as you were sort of reflecting that back to me, I just thought about this particular moment that I really feel called to share where I'd had a fight with my mum and she'd slapped me and I actually ran out of the house. And in that moment, I wasn't even angry that she had done that. All I wanted was for her to come up to me and say, like to chase after me and say, I love you. Like, come home. I want you. I need you. All that sort of stuff. And not receiving that. And I think if we think about it with our children and what they need, that that is what it is, right? Like it is just about wanting to be seen, wanting to be loved. It's no different to a toddler. Like for some reason, I, I think we seem to think that when they're little, it's so much easier that you can kind of go, oh, that's just feelings or whatever. We can hold it. And then yet we have more expectation on teenagers because they're older. And if we look at from a brain perspective, like often in those teenagers, we're going back again and there's so much growth and development in the brain and understanding. And so I sit here and I think to myself, what can I say to that part of me? And it's always that you were always worthy of that love, of receiving that love. And yeah, and I think what you said right at the start in that reflection around the compassion, when I sat in on Lael Stone's couch for like months unpacking parts of this story. And I remember on the first session when I I told her a little bit about my upbringing and she was like, so you know that none of that, none of what you're sharing here is really like it's not normal. And I'm like, what do you mean? Isn't everyone's, like don't everyone's parents smack and punish and that's just, I just assumed because a lot of my friends had had somewhat similar upbringings that that was what is normal. And she's like, no, that's just what's been normalised by our culture. And I think having someone reflect that to me, right in that moment, I went, oh, my God. And that really gave me the permission to actually start loving myself because it's not their fault and they did what they did and did the best that they could. And yet I'm so passionate about speaking about what's happened because I think that we still if I look at mainstream culture, we're still very much in this little, like I often think, oh, everyone knows about aware parenting. Everyone's doing the work. But really when I go out to a park or I hear about what's going on at other high schools, for example, or when I'm thinking about where am I going to send my girls or am I going to homeschool them? And I start looking around at other things, really in the whole scheme of things, we're still such a little percentage of the population that's really doing this work. And so I think I'm so passionate about making it real and making people understand that when we do these things to our children, it it does cause pain. And luckily we have these beautiful reparative things where we can come in and we're parenting and and repair and, and heal parts of what's happened. And I think that's the difference was in that moment where I ran away and I was waiting for my mom, she never came and I had to come in I had to apologize to her. She never really apologized to me. And there's that carrying of that, I'm not worthy of the love that I truly need. And then circling that back now to I am actually and was always worthy of that love. The more that I can give that to myself, the easier and more compassionate I can be with my girls. So I think really going into our story and understanding it is so important. And it's not like we just go into it once and then it's finished. It's like this ongoing spiraling deeper and deeper into those parts and being heard is so important Mm. yes thank you yeah absolutely and I love that sense of the the universal needs that we all have and that we all crave to be unconditionally loved and to be seen and to be acknowledged and to be heard for for well-being for to thrive to really feel at peace and and to have this amazing resilience and compassion as adults we really need that we really need that and I loved what you were saying about it not being yeah that it's so normal because so many people are raising their children in these ways that are quite harsh and very difficult but it's not natural and it's not what we need as humans. It's really, it's the polar opposite of what we actually need. And when you look in those teenage years, particularly, there's so much stress that our teenagers are now having to endure. All of these additional things in the picture that are way more stressful than when we were teenagers, which in itself was hard enough. And so it's even more important to be offering this to our teens. And I love how you were talking about aware parenting and all the different tools that we bring in aware parenting, listening and play and rewind and connection and acknowledgement. And all of these things come together to support our children and our teens to, to be really connected, to feel loved and to feel all of these things that we really yearn as at every stage in our life. And what I really loved as well is, is what you were saying about 
what can I say to that part of me? And I think that's so often when, you know, when we think about healing, we can get a bit frustrated sometimes that we're not healed yet. Um, <laughs> and that it, it when we understand that it is just this ongoing process and, and what healing is, is recognizing when those unhealed parts of us, when our trauma is being touched in the present moment by something that's going on, mm. either in relation to our children or something entirely unrelated to them, but when it's there and then asking that exact question, what can I say to that part of me? What does that part of me that is being touched now really need to hear? And, you know, where parenting just supports us so beautifully with that process. And it's so profound. Yeah, I love that so much. That that whole process for me is, it's like an absolute game changer in the whole parenting sphere. It's not like we're going to stop just automatically behaving in ways that are not enjoyable with our children, right? Like it's a process. We're kind of parallel journeying with them because they're going to bring things to us and we sort of go, oh, that brings stuff up for me. I need to go and explore that a little bit, sit with that. Uh, And when we make that commitment, we are offering to show up in a different way for our children. And I think when I listen to to your story and what you experience, I, I think I've said this to you before, reflected it to you that like, how profound that you went through that experience and yet you chose through that adversity to come out and go, I want to do it differently. Like when you birth soul into the world, you know, you could have easily gone, when he turns eight, I'm just going to send him to boarding school, you know, like just unconsciously repeat the patterns, which is what most of parenting has done for a long period of time. And so I think it's quite magical that we have these experiences and they are painful and they're not enjoyable. But if we can see them and look at them and go, what can I take from this? What can I do differently? When I think about Marley and and I I look at photos of myself at six and she's like me, right, with red hair. And so I look at her and I go, what do I want her to know now that I didn't know at six? And I'm sure that I'd love to hear what happens as they go to teenagers because I'm sure there's parts of you that go at 13, 14, what did I really need, right? Needed someone to come in and take me out of here and just hold me and love me. But can we see that? and hold that and get the compassion or therapy or somatic healing or listening or move it or do what we need to do, right, in our toolkit to then come to our children and offer something from aware parenting like, like all the things, the play, the listening, the holding, putting in loving limit, being with them in their feelings so that they know different to what we did. And then look at how the relationship grows and develops and watch them grow into and evolve into different people than what we were. I think that is the greatest gift on the earth right now. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so much. And I think it really encourages us when we're aware parenting just to keep coming back to these basics because we do have so many times when things feel really hard or when our children face particular stresses or particular challenges or a new stage in their development and their needs suddenly change and we're not quite you know in the groove with what their new needs are or or just times of big stress that we all face whether that's in our families or for them or both but yeah. when we keep coming back to these basics of connection how can i offer my child connection right now how can i offer them compassion right now and then whatever happens in their lives they can face that they have resilience true resilience as a result and they have this real sense of compassion they don't have to relearn a new language like we did or do yes. and still are still doing they are much more likely to be kind and to be compassionate to themselves and to know that if if things feel hard, then they can reach out for support, that there's nothing wrong with them, that they don't have to be shamed or feel, you know, they don't have to keep quiet about things that they're finding hard. They can reach out to us or they can reach out to services or whatever it is. They just can recognize when they need support and they can find ways to meet those needs. And so it's just a much more flowing and easy process, I think. And not to say that their life's not going to have, and I can see that my my adult child and my older teenager, that their life, of course, is, is often very difficult, but they have a way of, of navigating it, which is so different to mine because we have these safe, connected, loving relationships and because they know that they can bring anything to me and they can behave in any kind of way. And I will always do my best to 
to look underneath that and to see what's really going on for them and then find ways to support them. And, and I mean, that, that is also incredibly powerful, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that is just, that for me is just it, isn't it? That they can show up and they can behave in any which way and we will still love them, which I think is just the, what, what every human being, like you mentioned, really wants and needs. It's that universal need of just that acceptance and that we all behave. You know, often we hold our kids to this really high standard and then yet we still don't behave in ways that are really enjoyable. Like we ask them to say please and thank you and do we say please and thank you every time? You know, all these ideas that we have, it's like what are we really role modelling? And I think that that is really what you just shared there is really the beauty of the whole journey of aware parenting. And I think often you always go, oh, is this going to work? <laughs> like, And I think what I really love listening to you speak so much about is that, yeah, it's it's messy and it's not perfect. And you've shared on times where you've had to really be like, okay, let's go back to the basics of aware parenting again, because I think we forget that I think what you highlighted there, that shift of they change and we change. You know, our needs differ over time. There's that spaciousness and coming back together, that dance. There's that gaining independence when they first start to walk and then they want to do things without you, but then they need you again. And that, so we're constantly evolving with them. And I think that for me is the heart of it is like that it's not this one sort of size fits all sort of thing that's just going to suit all children. It's really about leaning into all the different parts and bringing in all of the toolkit that you suggested to be able to meet them where they are in that moment and love them as, as best as we can in that unconditional way, which is, for me, the most powerful part because having not received that, I just know, I see it already in the girls that they are so strong in what they believe in and what they want to do and when it's a big yes and a big no and what feels good and what doesn't feel good and coming to me and saying that person didn't make me feel good, like, okay, let's talk about that and I think that's so different already. Or when they say to me, you made me feel sad when you shouted and it made me feel like you didn't love me. And then sitting with that and going, okay, like that's really big, but they can share it with me. That whole process feels so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just, just such a magical, aware parenting is really just the most amazing paradigm. It's so, <laughs> I know, it so is. And I was just so incredibly grateful to Elisa Salter for, yeah. I mean, imagine creating this amazing paradigm in the, in the 70s. And she, you know, she wrote her principles of learning in the early 90s for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just, she's just, she was so ahead of her time. Oh, amazing. And then, yeah. you know, all the stuff that Marion brought to it around real deepening that understanding about compassion. Mm-hmm. and changing our inner dialogues and, and really bringing that quality, that deep quality of compassion to this paradigm, I think was really powerful for me too. But wow, it's just, yeah, it's so amazing, isn't it? And I think like what's also really nice is that as we go through our life and we have stages where we are going to be reconnected to that stage when we see our children at that yes. time. And so whether that's when they're five or when they're eight or when they're teenagers or when they're young adults, it again, we have all of these moments where we're taken back into those earlier parts of us. And we often think about healing as healing from our childhood. But actually, there's plenty of stuff that's coming up from me now. My son's 19, around my sort of 19, 20-year-old young adult self, trying to find my way in the world and decide what I wanted to do and who I was. So it's it's recognizing all of the times. Again, I think it's so important that we like we're reaching out for support in this process all the time because yeah, these things come up again and again and again and again for our attention. And the more support that we receive and the more places we have to go and share this, whether that's in beautiful conversations with you or whether that's, you know, with listening partners or whether that's with a therapist or whatever it looks like, all the different ways, like you said, of, of the different modalities that might resonate most for us, then we can increasingly come back to be supporting our children essentially in the ways that we didn't receive ourselves but obviously yearned for and now are healing ourselves by receiving. So it kind of cuts out the middleman. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we won't need aware parenting instructors because our our children will be, you know, oh, oh, they'll have to help other people that didn't find it in that generation. But, yeah, that would be the idea is that, I mean, I think about it from a position of when my girls should they choose to have children, 
what I'll be able to offer the grandchildren and how I'll be able to show up for them and that village that they need and all that sort of stuff. Like it's just going to be so different having this lens. And equally, there'll be stuff that they're not going to be that happy about and we'll, I'll sit with that and we'll be able to talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. There's been so many times and I did have somewhat of a healing experience with my mom, but I, I, w- I would love to go back and just ask more questions. And, you know, we don't always need our parents to apologize to get that closure, but there is something quite healing and profound by being able to sit together and have those really open conversations that support those younger parts of ourselves to go, ah, that was what was going on there. Oh, okay, now I can have more compassion about that. And often it's not until, like we've both mentioned, that we become mothers that we can even more sort of understand why our own mums sort of showed up in the ways that they did. And so, yeah, it's it's just this, it really is a lifelong journey. It's not, a lot of people when I work in consults say to me, it's so hard. And I'm like, yeah, because it's forever. It's not like there's one destination and we're finished. It's this beautiful, but I guess it's that, that lens of really seeing it as this beautiful gift that we're gifting them and we're gifting ourselves. And when we can see it like that, it makes it so much more enjoyable even when there's discomfort and messiness and feelings that are involved. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the difference again for our children of like you were saying, when you go back and you have conversations with your your parents, you don't necessarily need them to apologize, but the power of of having that acknowledged. And that's what we offer our children because mm. you know, my kids have often said to me, this they might have said that, that something that happened in their childhood was unenjoyable, or they were taking the Mickey out of me recently about the way I used to sometimes lose my shit with them and get angry in the car. And I'd be like, You guys behave, otherwise we're gonna turn the car around. And my son was driving, my daughter was in the front and I was in the back and we had this really powerful, like funny kind of attachment play sort of power reversal game as they were pretending to be me and having this conversation together about probably all the things I said to them in, the, in their lives that were unenjoyable. But yeah, we just listened to those feelings. And, and when it became difficult for me, I would give myself some love. And then I went off to have a conversation with my listening partner about how unfair they'd been to me because actually I was an amazing mum. Thank you very much. (laughs) But in the time, we can just listen, listen to them and hear those feelings. And there's such immense power in being heard, isn't there? And, And that nothing necessarily needs to change in that circumstance. But if you're just heard and acknowledged in that, it just, yeah, it's just, it changes everything you can let it go so I I really love that that listening to feelings part is such a big part of this this beautiful paradigm I love that so much I love the relationship you have with your kids it's just the best to listen to (laughs) seriously the best it just like it really I think for people who have younger kids it really gives you hope okay there's people out there that have done this from the beginning. You know, I mean, if you're in the the main aware parenting, you know, based on like the sort of Facebook group, there's always people sort of asking that question of like, what's that going to look like? How's it going to show up? And I think your realness around that is just so inspiring for other people who have like for me and for anyone who's got younger kids who's like, is this going to really be what we want it to be? And we can't always control it 100% and know 100% that it is because there's all different factors in everyone's families. But it's really beautiful just to hear the way you hold that and, yeah, and that you got the listening that you needed and that you know that you were an amazing mum. So it's, yeah, really beautiful. So was there anything else you wanted to share around this topic that we haven't covered? I guess that the important stuff is to just to understand that all of the experiences that we have in our lives at any stage in our lives, whether that was our baby or our childhood or our teenage years or our young adult years or or yesterday, these experiences do impact on us. And we do have these powerful innate healing mechanisms. And when we can connect in with them because we understand them at this stage in our lives, we can heal. And when we have stages in our lives where we didn't have access to these mechanisms, we are now having the space where we can go back and give love and and tenderness and healing to those younger parts. And that we offer our children this as much as we can. And that at the end of the process, when they become adults, their parts that we weren't able to support them with, they will know how to go and get support to heal. And so we can see like the impact for us on our evolution and our children and their evolution. And then on the wider culture, it's just really profound just to bring more compassion, more healing, more care and more connection to the world. And my God, aren't we in need of that right now? So I just see like the 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 micro picture and the, the macro picture of it all too. 
Mm, I love that. I can't add anything to that because I feel like that is exactly what I feel about aware parenting and just so grateful to Aletha Salter, like you said, really grateful to her for writing these books, for putting it out into the world, maybe when the world wasn't ready to receive it and that a few core people did and, you know, for Marion Rose for bringing in a lot of the non-violent communication and all her psychotherapy work that she really has that beautiful understanding and grounding with that that then evolved aware parenting to a new place. So, yeah, really, really, really powerful stuff and just so grateful to them bringing it and, yeah, how, how it's transformed so many people's lives. Like I know Marion talks about like when she had her baby and she had the Aware Baby book and she was like, please, someone sit with me and kind of like bite people onto this journey. And like no one, there were a couple, but no one was really interested. And then, you know, Lael found the work and now, you know, that's evolved it as well. And it's just growing and just what you just shared is what is needed for the earth right now. And so I'm just really grateful to all the people who are out there sharing it and doing it because it's big work and we see you. And, yeah, we're excited to have real authentic conversations about that. Mm, I love that. Yes, indeed. Such a big thing that everybody's doing. So profound. Yeah, we see you, absolutely. So, Danny, do you want to share anything more about, like, what you offer in the world or where people can find you and how people can get in touch where you share Mm. your stuff? Yeah, So at the moment, I'm redoing my website. So it's not really reflective of what I offer because it was from when I first started stuff like four or five years ago. But yeah, the main place, I guess, is I I post a lot of stuff on social media around aware parenting and just my thoughts and ideas. I really love just using it as a place of expression. So that's it at Danny Willow on Instagram. And that goes through to Facebook. And yeah, Basically, you can just get in contact with me via my website or through there. And, yeah, offering-wise, I do a lot of circles up here on the surf coast in Torquay in Victoria, rurally in Australia. But I do a lot of online consults as well. And, yeah, you can get in touch with me, you know, very soon. That'll all be up on the website so you'll just be able to see what it's all about. But for now, if you, yeah, want to get in touch, then that would be the best way. And I know you have beautiful mother circles. Do you want to say any more about that? Because that's such a huge part of this process. Yeah, I think mother circles are just so powerful. Uh, For me, that is like to sit in circle with other mothers and and I run them up here in person and this year I changed the structure so it goes weekly sort of for six weeks, not six straight weeks. There's a few breaks, but it's the same mums that show up each week and there were 10 and they're all all pretty much aware parenting and I think uh, just witnessing the depth and that people are willing to share that the rawness and practicing you know when we talk about that those teenagers are not having that authenticity and then we come out into this part you know into the mother and these parts of us are awakened and they're raw and they're real I think sitting in a space with other women who are doing the same thing as you and are on the same journey as you, there's that feeling of I'm not alone. And, you know, we finished that 10 week and uh, for term one, and I just got the most beautiful feedback. And it really affirmed for me that, you know, I love one-to-one sessions. I love working with parents, but there's something magical about sitting in space and just having that opportunity to share. You know, that's why we we both advocate for having a listening partner because when we're sharing regularly, we are actually releasing parts of that story and learning to love that part of ourselves by sharing it because often it's been shamed and it's within us. We're trying to hide it from the world. And, you know, so in circle we crack it all open and it's all very real and vulnerable. And So, yeah, I, I, um, I run those. I used to run online. I... Do love online circles, but we'll just see how it goes. You know, I've still got little kids, so I kind of want to, don't want to stretch myself so much. And of course, we have our amazing community, which we co facilitate together, which I just, you know, that basically has an online circle once a month anyway when we do our live call. And um, gosh, I just love that space. And I'm really looking, you know, we're in month eight now and just really looking, we're about to start month eight and just, really looking forward to watching that grow and see where that grows and, you know, 
as we get to a year, we'll open it up again and looking forward to inviting lots of more families in there, being having this, you know, beautiful support and connection. Um, but, yeah, I think that's all yeah, I wanted to share about that. I love everything that you offer, Danny, and I really love and acknowledge as well how you still manage to support so many people in these beautiful ways whilst also really prioritizing and focusing on your relationship with your gorgeous girls and in your family and meeting your own needs in that and that's really quite a big juggle to be doing that and I think you do it with real grace and skill and and kindness to to everybody and I really see how you know you're you're not just sharing this work you're really living this work so I just really want to acknowledge that. Um, thank you, Joss. That's really beautiful. I feel like that's what drew us together because we both are embodied and just really love it. And I don't, you know, it is messy, like, you know, trying to support people. But I, I think this year I've really found that balance by lots of things changed at home and I've spent a lot more time with the girls than I have last year and I've noticed a really big difference in them and it's reminded me that importance of being available and that, you know, this work will always be here and I'll always be able to support and hold and love and nurture and create villages. And, and I still am doing that, but I'm just, yeah, really also reminding myself that my little people need me and they need to have me and that safety in the relationship. So, yeah, I, I think there's more of a balance this year, which I'm really enjoying leaning into. Mm, yeah. And I still have that too. And I, you know, I'm doing a lot more work this year than I did last year and the year before and so on, but I still really want to uh, ensure that my priority is my connection with my children so yeah it's it's a juggle and before you ask anything else what about you do you want to share anything that you have to offer because you have the most amazing courses and all these things in the pipeline I know that you're always creating to make the world a better place so I'd love to hear what you are busy doing Thank you, Danny. Well, I, st- I have some courses on my website. I've got a free introduction to a web parenting course. I've got a teenagers course that I run regular live rounds with, which is just so beautiful. And in that group, we've got people who are brand new to web parenting, as well as like several web parenting instructors um, and everybody in between. And it's just a really beautiful process. And recently, I got a message from somebody who was just telling me the changes in her family. She's only just joined the course. She was only just in the last live round. And she was telling me about just wrote me this beautiful message about what's going on in her family so yeah it's just so gorgeous and um I'm working on a part a course about partnering or co-parenting or whatever the situation is in your family and how to navigate that because it so often comes up in sessions or in posts in the group around difficulty with partners so I'm still in the process of putting that together but it's nearly done it's just the tech stuff um, and I'm doing yeah in-person sessions, which I love, and yeah our community. So I love our community too. It's so ba- powerful. And again, we understand things deeper and deeper as we talk about it each time. So I'm loving that evolving. I'm doing some workshops at the moment in aware parenting, and I'm also about to do a lovely presentation and workshop around aware parenting and natural learning because that's another thing that I love supporting people with. And I have my aware parenting and natural learning community with Marion and the podcast that I do with her too and yeah I really just want to echo what you were saying about what an honor it is to, to work with people to support them doing this amazing work sharing vulnerably showing up in the world and, and just trying to make things different for their children what a significant and beautiful thing that is so yes it's all yummy oh I love everything that you're doing in the world and yeah I really admire you just in general I just think you're just such a beautiful compassionate amazing wise person that I just love spending time with and um we won't sign off every part podcast loving on each other (laughs) (laughs) but to this one I'm like well maybe we will that that tends to happen a lot when we're together but I just yeah just your willingness to support people and the way you are with your kids and you know I hear little snippets in our conversations together but I got to meet Jada in real time when you came to Melbourne and just seeing the way you you know just embrace and are together it is so beautiful and as I've sort of said earlier but I'm just going to keep saying it is like it's just so inspiring for us who have young kids that we can actually navigate those years which can be tricky but can also be really beautiful and turn out and you know have these beautiful relationships with our children which is what we all you know deeply yearn for and 
because we didn't receive that, right? And so, yeah, just inspired that you keep showing up and keep offering more and finding new ways to support more parents and everyone who has sat in any space with you always says Joss is so compassionate and empathic and she's so beautiful. And I think it's also just your voice. It's that scent. I'm like, oh, I could just sit and listen to you talk all day. I just love it. So thank you for asking me to be here with you and journey with you in these conversations. And mm. it's really, it's beautiful and I'm just excited about it. Oh, thank you so much, Danny. I'm so touched. Thank you. So if you have enjoyed this conversation, please share it and um, do all those things, subscribe or whatever it is. And um, if there's anything that you'd like us to talk about, please let us know. I think our plan is next week we might be talking about siblings, but there's lots and lots of things. We love talking about everything. So please let us know what you would like us to share on. And thank you so much, Danny. And looking forward to having conversation with you. Lots more of them. And sending so much love and appreciation and acknowledgement to everybody who is practicing this beautiful way in their families. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on Aware Parenting Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. To find out more, please visit my website, www.awareparenting.com.au and follow me on social media at Aware Parenting with Joss. I wish you much connection and love on your parenting adventures. Mm -hmm.